0: What up, Change? Welcome to another episode. Today, we're going to dive deep on SNAP's Q1 2020 earnings. The stock is up almost 30% uh, on the back of this news. Um, Really interesting quarter. I'm super pumped because I have uh, my favorite SNAP analyst, um, Turner Novak, uh, joining the show to help us break down these numbers. Uh, Welcome, Turner.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, so um, let's just start with the user numbers. Snap grew its user base 20%, um, daily active users. Um, this is really strong growth. And I personally impressed me. I don't use Snap. None of my friends use Snap. So I'm curious, You know, what's your first take on this user growth number? And uh, you know, where are these users coming
1: from? Where are these users coming from? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I think a lot of people are asking that question right now because uh, I think overall the usage, it's being used by people who probably are watching YouTube videos on the Snapchat earnings. Uh, you know, I think really like their demo, it's, it's people who they're just like average American, just like normal people who just kind of, you know, they're like high schoolers, people who go to college, people who just kind of work, you know, average jobs. They, you know, they watch content on there, but like, you know, the fashion shows that they have the like DIY videos, uh, they, they're just like hanging, like, you know, they're hanging out with their friends digitally and then sending, uh, picture messages and videos to their friends, just random stuff. Um, and it's everyone. Um, and you kind of look at the data who's using it. Uh, I forget, I think it was like 88 million people in the U S on average use it every day. Um, so there's a lot of people uh, and it's kind of hard to lie with the data that they're putting out. So.
0: Yeah, and what do you think about um, the competition coming with TikTok? And originally, Instagram Stories really s- stunted their growth, and now they've resumed. It seems like they've found their, their momentum back, um, which is really encouraging for the whole bull side of the company. And I really feel like the backbone of the stock turning around is this reinvigoration and user growth. Um, and, but we also have TikTok coming out. And so I was talking to my roommate yeah. about that, and my theory is you know, TikTok's a lot more about consumption, Snap's a lot more about messaging with family and friends. So they yep. don't, they're not quite actually in competition as you might think, but how do you think about that TikTok, um, just the TikTok explosion and how that's going to affect these user
1: numbers? Yeah, I mean, I think TikTok is a lot more similar to Instagram and Facebook, like the feed, the stories, than it is on Snap. Uh, I think Snapchat has always been about messaging your friends uh, and because you're there messaging your friends, you watch, you know, some of the content they have on there. It's not for everyone for sure. Uh, I mean, I feel like we, like you, maybe you and me have specifically talked about this on your channel before, like some of the stuff on there. You're like, who's watching this stuff? But like they put out numbers, like, you know, Will Smith did this like shelter in place from his garage video. And they said like 15 million people watched it. Um, and you know, if you kind of comp that to a TV show, how many people right now are you can you get 15 million people watching the same tv series Uh, i mean that's like netflix numbers and they put out data like 60 of their tv shows like their premium shows or channels they've got over i think it's 10 million or or 15 million people that are watching these i mean that's huge you talk about controlling culture uh so yeah it's uh it's definitely interesting
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's really impressive to see them hit that uh, type of engagement. And I'm curious, from a financial business perspective in the quarter, revenue growth was super strong as well. The cash flow improved. Um, Was there any specific numbers that stood out to you or that got you uh, excited?
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think one thing specifically on cash flow, they collected, you know, 90s, I forget the number, 93 million in receivables they collected from Q4. So it made like the cash flow number look better in Q1. Um, that like definitely stood out when you're looking at it. Um, but I think overall, like if you just if you kind of look at Snap's margin profile quarter to quarter, you just look at you know over the last couple of years, something like high sixty percent at something like sixty nine percent of all the revenue they've added has converted to free cash flow. Like that's pretty insane, uh, and and that's because it's a digital ad business like they're not really doing much like you sell you stick one extra ad in a video of you know your friends doing stuff like one extra ad between stories of your friends doing stuff or one extra ad in you know i've got like like the espn instead of showing someone four ads in a six minute clip you show them five or six or seven ads like it's like an extra three seconds of or six seconds of video that you're streaming in that whole three to five to six minute video. So it's not really much cost, but you like double your revenue on it. Um, So the margins are pretty high. Uh, I think what we've we've seen Snap disclose a lot of information. Uh, It's it's different every quarter. Um, So it's really hard to track exactly like what's trending, but they release a lot of different data points like discover consumption is up 35% year over year. Uh, Discover consumption by people Over the age of thirty-five is up over one hundred percent, like year over year or like quarter over quarter. It's always a different metric, so it's really hard to know exactly how it's changing. Uh, But I think in general, like it's it's obvious, like people just are watching the stuff that generates revenue and they're doing things that generate revenue. Um, That might lead on to your next question about AR too.
0: Yeah. um, Yeah. Perfect segue. One thing they tout a lot about is I think it was like 75% of people that are using Snap or interacting with their AR features. Um, This seems to be a big trend in what Snap is doing. And I'm personally really excited about like the AR advertising opportunities that I heard them talking about on the call as we get the new normal illness 19 kind of situation, you know, trying on clothes, trying on makeup, Uh, like some of these AR things are actually like the adoptions accelerating because of this new normal. So that, that was kind of an interesting tidbit. Um, and then lenses, I believe we had 9,000 um, lenses had been created in Q1, up from 700,000. That's another key metric that I've been following to kind of show, I guess, the creator side of that AR community. Um, but yeah, what, what was your take on that quarter? Because it seems like to me this long-term thesis of slowly integrating more AR features and slowly getting more of the app's engagement towards that side of, of the technology has, has been slowly working, basically going perfectly according to Spiegel's plan.
1: Yeah, I think if you go back, there was a certain point, I don't even think it was in any of their SEC, like in the press release or in any of the documents, but there's an article, it was probably about a year ago, it, it was some data point, like the average DAU plays with AR for three minutes a day or something, like plays with it, like the, D, the DAUs that use AR play with it three minutes a day, so it's like, that's using the filters, like, you know, making cool faces into the camera, like, well, like you're, you know, wearing an ad basically. Um, and obviously not that whole three minutes is like, is advertising per se. Uh, but like, th- there's like no other form of advertising that you like literally play with the ad and like, and send it to somebody else. Uh, like, it's, it's just insane. I think we've talked about this before when I've come on, on your channel, like, it's like, I think AR is pretty much one of the only forms of advertising where you like literally send people the app, like, and you probably send it to like 10 people. You're like, look at this funny filter, like, oh, it's sponsored, like, download the app, whatever. And like, nobody really thinks about that. They're just like, oh, this is hilarious. This, it made me yeah. feel good or made me feel happy to, to play around with this. And you know, I sent it to my cousin, my brother, my friend, my mom. uh, so, it's it's yeah, almost it's like really the
0: holy grail of of advertising where it actually adds value and is a positive thing. And I think Snap is really interesting in that the story as well first was, I think, long term is one of the highest CPM potentials of any advertising format on mobile, which is something you've really helped me understand. But then you think about what their next innovation could be in advertising. You know, Spiegel's really the, the genius and mastermind. Facebook's trying to pivot their whole business to stories now because that's a better monetization avenue. And now I see like what you're saying, these AR lens advertises to me are even a better, like it's even, it's we keep wondering what's after the story, what's better that could disrupt it. I almost feel like this is one of those things that is a really exciting new monetization avenue for Snap.
1: Yeah, and you just kind of think, if you just think of supply and demand, like the supply of video ads available on the internet, it just keeps going up. You know, people are using mobile now, or mobile more and more, not just in the US, but globally. That's just going to keep, Proliferating, uh, and yeah, if you think about it as a kind of a supply and demand equation, like the supply of of ads is, of of video total inventory is going to keep increasing. So, in in theory, that's going to put downward pressure on pricing. And then you have something like TikTok that comes in, and if you look at some of the data that come that's coming out, people are basically spending as much time on TikTok as they are on Instagram and Snap. Uh, but TikTok has like a third of the user size as, as Instagram and Snap. So like per user, people on TikTok are on it like twice as much as they are on Instagram. Uh, so wow. like long story short, talk about the a massive platform that has, you know, very good granular data targeting and the ability to reach, you know, a lot of people. There's just a new one that just popped up with as much available inventory at scale as Instagram. So you basically supply, you flood the market with supply uh, I don't think prices will like you know get cut in half or anything, uh, because if you can like prove that ads are working, they're converting users, go on and do different things, people will pay for them. But I mean, it just makes it really hard when you're Facebook. You look at how Facebook's been generating most of its revenue, basically since it's gone, since it's gone public, it's been from increasing ad prices and increasing inventory in the U.S. Uh, and Canada. Yeah, it's it's just all it's all been an, an ARPU expansion story and it's all in the u.s it's from basically in the beginning it was expanding impressions but you're seeing people use facebook and instagram less so they can't keep showing more ad impressions like they're gonna run out of space so it's all about price um so anyways yeah when you when you look at snap right now you look at the ar stuff i think they said the total time spent playing with ar was up 85 percent year over year uh and revenue growth was up 44 percent. so they're expanding the total 44 uh, percent year over year so they're expanding kind of the the total available space to show ads double what they're growing revenue at uh, so it just it leaves them a lot of room to kind of slowly expand into it um, if they need to worry about pressure on pricing over time to like keep keep the ad network competitive for their advertisers and have their advertisers like you know winning making money i know they the all the platforms talk within their earnings like we're helping advertisers win etc um, that's really important uh so uh, yeah that's that's really i think that one of the big stories like you said it's the ar stuff um it's kind of like it's a unique ad property that doesn't really exist anywhere yet and they they made it self-serve over the last couple of years like you or me could go in we could you have to create the 3D asset, which obviously you need a, you need the expertise there. But we could literally go in and you, you could run an ad for Hyperchange on Snap, like an AR filter, if you really wanted to. <laughs> uh, and that doesn't really exist anywhere yet. You know, you got to like go to the sales team. Uh, sometimes you can do like a mobile browser ad that's like that. But being able to do that in Snapchat or like on Instagram uh, for in like a controlled environment like that, that's huge. I think there's just there's a ton of potential there that Snap hasn't really tapped into yet.
0: Yeah, maybe you could build on that because that's one of those things I think gets really overlooked. This word, like, we built in the self serve feature. To When you're saying that to me, it's like, okay, maybe that opens up a huge long tail of smaller businesses that can now enter the advertising domain. Um, is that sort of a, a big deal? or Because I noticed that Snap's also been doing, like, oh, we're going to automate ad placement. Like, sort of on the back end, they've been working on yep. the technology to really make this advertising platform super
1: profitable. Yeah, they've, and a lot of other mature ad platforms will do this like automatic bidding. So if Facebook can see that they can guarantee you're going to get like a three X return on your ad spend based on, you know, everything they know about you, we'll just show ads and you just hook your credit card up. You don't do anything. It'll just run ads for you. Probably not the smartest idea, but like a lot of people take advantage of that and use it. Uh, so I mean, and snap just recently rolled that out. I think, it either left beta or it's in beta as of like a quarter or two ago. Um, so there's, and, there, and talking about on the, on the ad platform side, right, there's a lot of low hanging fruit that snap can add that there's no proprietary advantage that Facebook or Google has here in terms of, you know, snap can't also do those things. You can look like, I can, I'm a PM at snap. I can log into Facebook and just look at what they do. Like, Oh cool. We can build that too. Um, you can kind of get into this like nuance of like, the way that facebook like collects data they're like buying data from a lot of different people and like the types of you know apps that are plugged in like they have access to different things maybe um but at the end of the day you you know it it really comes down to i think uh just like having like this is like a dot-com thing like eyeballs having people paying attention to it you're just looking at how much time people are spending on snap it's just increasing you know, it's like doubling year over year. They're they're showing up, showing the metrics. Um, I think one of the big things they talked about, uh, you know, total engagement was up like fifty percent in March over the rest of the quarter. So there's just tons of room for them to just continue kind of experimenting, whether it's increasing ad impressions, lowering pricing, um, just making it, you know, pretty easy for other advertisers to to make money on their platform. And that's ultimately what made Facebook do so well is like there's so many businesses that were built on just selling ads on Facebook and it just it works so well and same with Google Um, and I think we're kind of starting to see Snap do the same thing.
0: And so, so one thing about Snap, I think, you know, I'm a, a tiny shareholder. I own a little bit of stock that I bought a while ago. I think a lot of people might be yep. scratching their heads of like, why is this company worth 15 or 20 billion? They did 1.7 two billion revenue run rate. They're losing absurd amounts of money. And I think to me, it's a very simple thesis of like, what happened with Facebook is we, there was a clear lag in the ability to capture that monetization and the value yep. of the attention on the platform. And so when I look at North America DAU or, uh, AR average revenue per user ARPU for snap it's like three dollar it was 442 in q4 Facebook's was41 dollars for the US and Canada in q4 10x um, so I'm curious you know how do you think about this this growth potential is is that the thesis for snap is that they slowly grow their user base and significantly ramp ARPU and that's how the business model sort of backfills into what seemingly is like a really ludicrous valuation because um, I'm curious I know I, I assume you're still an investor in snap how you think about you know, this business model transformation to actually making sense financially.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what it is. It's just a revenue expansion on the existing product. Uh, you know, you can kind of their, their pricing is really low. If you go in and just kind of comp it compared to Facebook, you could probably double snaps pricing. Um, just looking at where they're at on AR filters, where they're at on some of their more premium content, you kind of comp it to like TV. You know, you look at like the really low end of legacy TV, like twenty dollars CPMS, just bumping up. You know, some of the premium content on Snap, where they're like, "Hey, we get twenty million viewers on this show. Coca Cola, do you want to come in and and book, you know, revenue that's cheaper and measurable compared to like TV? What you're doing, you're spending like fifty bucks, fifty dollars CPMS, like you know, the cost you pay to reach a thousand eyeballs, basically." come do that on snap for like half the price. We can actually guarantee the the returns you're going to get based on people actually like swiping up and like, like downloading an app or, or, you know, however it works. Um, And so, yeah, you just kind of think ad prices double. There's a lot of room for them to expand the number of ads that they show in playing with AR filters, playing and watching content. Um, You kind of think like, the Snap Games product. I don't know if you've ever talked about that on your show, but it's basically people playing games in the Snapchat chat. They're monetizing it. It was just like kind of when you play one of those like silly random flash games, you like randomly see an ad that you like can't skip in between some of the gameplay segments. That's sort of what they've introduced on the gaming side. So there's just like a whole new flood of inventory on gaming. Uh, Kind of think of the map. Um, So if you really think about like the Snap map, I kind of think of there'll probably be a time eventually where, When they want to start making money from it, they'll kind of shift us from this, you know. You kind of think of the Snapchat and really like the tech when you go to send someone a text, like you're using WhatsApp, iMessage, Facebook Messenger, you've got this like rows of conversations with people. It's tough to monetize that. And maybe you I mean, I think some people have, you know, they have this theory of like sponsored texts from a brand or something. Like I think Facebook has tried it, like it hasn't really worked very well, but like you can't you can't really make much money there. But if Snap could say, you know, we're going to shift people to use the map. Now it's just like Google maps. You open it up, add impressions on the map. You see some friends, you know, Gally's here. My friend Joe's over here. Friend Susan's over here. There's also an ad down here. I'm going to tap on Joe, talk to him, go back to the map, another ad impression Then I'm going to tap on this person, talk to them. Um, There's just, there's a ton of different things that they can do. Um, And you just kind of think, all of those things that exist the cost of people using them and developing them has already been spent it's already in there it's just about can we now just lay revenue over top of this existing product and that's why you see you know if you look at the gross margins like literally every dollar of revenue just is pure it falls entirely to gross profit um there's there's like revenue share there's like increases in the hosting costs a little bit because they're paying you know aws and google cloud uh, but and then that's another thing, too. I think over the long term, once it makes sense, so they start building their own servers, and like is that cheaper for them too? Um, and that's just like a total change in the whole economic structure of the business. Who knows if they're going to go that route? They're just so early. And it's just what's what's always been impressive to me is they basically cloned Facebook and Google's ad platforms in in like four years. You know, it's not quite the same. Maybe it's never as good and are always a little bit behind. Uh, but you just kind of think you know I think we've talked about on your show snap and instagram reach similar numbers of users in the u.s and the the, the value that those users are worth is probably pretty similar um, so it's just always it's always been a little silly to me that the valuation is so low and part of it's just the growth thing um, kind of to your point earlier uh yeah instagram stories came out that definitely hurt snapchat but I think one of the biggest issues was their Android app was so bad. It was just really slow. And if you think about creating network effects, like if you send me a message with your iPhone and I get it on my Android and like the app doesn't even load or like it crashes, I'm just not going to use it anymore. Um, So that's a big thing too. And they, they rebuilt and relaunched it over 2017, 18 and then the beginning of 19 when they started returning to user growth that's when they launched the new Android app and you can see it in the numbers. Like that's when it started to accelerate again. Uh, And then even on the user front, if you go into snaps, disclosures um, their, their DAU numbers that they put out, those are an average over the entire quarter. So they, they say that they added 11 million users in Q1. That was the average daily user as of January 1st, January 2nd, all of January, all of February, all of March. Um, and that's why they kind of hinted in, in there for in like in the press release. They're like, oh, engagement levels of communication was up 30 to 50 percent in some areas in March. Like they're saying DAUs, like the number of people who log into the app at the end of March was up like 30 to 50 percent. Um, and that's not wow. going to hit in the earnings right away. It will slowly carry over into Q2. Um, meanwhile, if you compare that to what Facebook reports, Facebook reports there quarterly DAUs as of the last month in the quarter. So if you read Facebook's disclosures, they're like, oh, our Q1 DAUs was this. Oh, by the way, Q1 DAUs are as of March. Uh, Twitter does the same thing. If you go to Pinterest, Pinterest is the last day of the quarter. So Pinterest reports monthly active users over the, the whole quarter. But if you go to the disclosures, it's as of December 31st, as of March 31st. So there's a lot of nuance kind of in interpreting those numbers. Uh, And I think snaps are probably the most clean. They're just like average over the whole quarter. Like, yeah, our GAUs were way better in March, but you'll see it next quarter. Um, It gives them a little bit of uh, a little bit of, of relief in times when they do the redesign and maybe DAUs were down like 20% for for parts of the quarter, but you just don't quite see it because it gives them a little bit of flexibility. Uh, So anyways, it's just something to pay attention to in the next quarter. Like, you know, they they hinted that DAUs were up pretty significantly at the end of the month. Uh, they didn't really give an exact number and they've been sandbagging guidance. Um, you just kind of, if you kind of look, they'll be like, yeah, users are going to increase like 3 million next quarter. And then they're up like 11. So they're definitely giving themselves a, a lot of room and, you know, analysts haven't really been adjusting their models. Like you'll go through and look and people are like, oh yeah, it's flat again in 2021 or whatever. Like, I, I just, I don't think people really buy into the story yet. So it's like, oh, if, I think if you're looking at buying the stock, it's like, does Snap stay at 230 million users or does it hit 500 million users at some point? Like, that's really the question you should be asking yourself if you're thinking about buying it and going long. Um, and then there's also questions of like, how how much are all those users truly worth? Uh, but I think ultimately the biggest question is like, is it flat or does it keep growing? Um, I think they're, they've proven like it's starting to grow again. So I think we'll, we'll start to see people start to jump back onto the story again.
0: Yeah, 200 and like 20 something million people checking your app like 30 minutes a day, you know, every yeah. day. Like that is a massive amount of people. And I give Snap huge props yeah. cuz they did the first, they reported DAUs before anybody. Now Facebook and Twitter yeah. do, but they were the first to yeah. do that. And I was like, wow, these guys, yeah. you know, they're really reporting it. But um so the yeah. last thing I want to cover here that we didn't get to is SnapKit. 120 yep. partner app integrations. Um, numbers of Snapchatters using SnapKit on a monthly basis up 75% quarter over quarter from Q1 to Q4. What is what is this SnapKit ad kit? You know, what are they doing there?
1: Yeah, so SnapKit, it's basically it's your Bitmoji. If You know, if you're not familiar with how Snap works, Bitmoji is kind of like your cartoon avatar. Instead of having like a profile picture on Snapchat, you have this like cartoon version of yourself, the digital version. Uh, Snap uses it all over the app. They have a keyboard extension. So when you're in iMessage or you're in Messenger or you're in email, you can literally like use your Bitmoji and these other products. Kind of like a decentralized social network. That's kind of how I've always thought about it. Um, but Snapkit was where they they standardized it and built this like developer kit for other apps to incorporate Bitmoji in their own app. I mean some of the results they're seeing is like, you know, if you're if you get someone to download your app and you you can make the conversion rate when the user signs up a lot higher because you give them a profile you they don't have to like type in their name or their email they just like press login with snapchat and all these kids have snapchat accounts so it just makes the sign up really quick uh and it gives every it gives every single user on your app has a profile picture like think about how boring it is when you go on an app and everybody has the default picture like that's not fun and this way just every the whole app is populated uh, and then kind of taking that to the next level they have not announced this ad kit thing um, where basically you can tap into snaps advertising product to monetize your own app. Um, so that'll probably incorporate the snap video ads. It'll probably incorporate AR Um, it will pretty, it'll pretty much incorporate all their products. So when they get into the game, like deeper into gaming, deeper into mapping and, and map advertising uh, who knows what that'll look like. Like that's like probably five, 10 years in the future. Uh, I don't really even consider any of that stuff right now. It's just, those are sort of the things that they're potentially getting into. Um, And when you look at the SnapKit monthly active users, they said they were up 75%. They didn't say a number, uh, but there's a YouTube interview that Evan Spiegel gave uh, back at the end of September or maybe October. And he said that they had over 100 million SnapKit users, 100 million monthly active SnapKit users. And they're up 75% in Q1. So 175 million, what is that? Like 80%? 80% of DAUs have SnapKit and are using it in some other app every month um, it just kind of goes to show snap is doing a great job of of growing their ecosystem outside of snapchat and then that kind of gets into the whole thesis you and me have talked about it like the crazy galaxy brain what's the, like the long pitch for snap has it become you know a trillion dollar company yeah uh, who, like that's many years away but it's basically opening up that camera and basically saying okay the next operating system will be built on the camera snapchat Uh, I think you just mentioned it. There's been like 900 of these like lenses created by community members. uh, And 165,000 were created in Q4. These are basically AR apps. Like you play around these, some of these things there's like people make games in them. Like people make like personality quizzes, like they're silly, they're goofy, but they're really people learning how to develop and code and program and and design in AR. Uh, And you've got, I think they, they, they've, thrown out stats over the last three quarters, the percentage of the AR filters that have been sent in messages, um, so we talked about the play times up 85%, the number of AR lenses that were sent between people, the percentage that were created by the community has increased from 15, 20, and now to 30%. So 30% of the AR lenses that are sent are basically AR apps developed by other developers, not by Snap or sorry, or there weren't like advertisements or something like that. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, they've got an ecosystem of people using what will be the computing platform of the future. And it sounds absolutely crazy to say, like we're probably 10 years away from people like being able to get any real practical use out of AR glasses, but it'll probably be related to gaming, like goofy stuff. Like, yeah, you got your spectacles right there. Yeah, yeah so- I, that's
0: my next question. I mean, I, what what's, because I know, um, my buddy Alex Heath from The Information had a report about yeah. the Project Hermosa, I think. Then these are the, the Spectacles 3, which I love. Um, but they're going to come out the Spectacles 4, which apparently have a lot more AR features and are sort of a... So I'm curious, do you have any tidbits on that oh, cool. or any... Since we're talking about Snap in, in 10 years as a trillion-dollar company, you know their hardware <laughs> I ambitions, know. I think, get a little more relevant on that time scale.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that's probably... It's, like, it's a free option. Like, you're looking at Snap today... What kind of ARPU can it get? How many users can it get? You know, maybe you get to like a hundred billion dollar valuation or something, but really like the reason you probably would be insanely bullish, like what, like what's the crazy thesis? It's like, instead of phones or alongside our phones, we also have some kind of AR glasses and snap. Their whole product is basically just developing that ecosystem. And so, when you're making this conversion from phone to glasses, you have people that are already using the product and designing it on your phones and it also works on the glasses. So it's kind of like the cold start problem. Like we've seen AR glasses kind of come up and like there's no point in using them. Like there's no utility, uh, but they have, and I don't want to say there's utility in the exi- in the current Snap lenses. Like they're all kind of silly and goofy. Uh, but they'll probably be like games. Like people make, you know, uh, Snap does this Easter egg hunt every year uh Easter, um, it wouldn't surprise me if three years down the road, they're like, oh, you can also play this with your, with your spectacles, with your glasses, uh, and slowly incorporate gaming. Uh, and, cause that was like, you know, a big use case of mobile in the beginning, which we is playing silly games. Uh, it's, and you even think of computers and, and like video games in general, like, you know, console, like Atari, like gaming is usually that community or they're usually early adopters. Uh, So SNAP has an ecosystem of early adopters using the next wave of technology. Who knows if it happens in five years, 10 years, 15. Like, that's, that's a conversation for another video. And I'm probably not the person to talk to you about when we hit that. But I mean, SNAP is positioning themselves to at least be considered to have a seat at the table in those discussions when you're really talking about the long term.
0: And I, I got to push back a little because I feel like I'm the only person in the world with theory where I don't use the app Snapchat. Like I try to do a hyperchange account. It's just I can't get in the rhythm of making content, but I love my spectacles and it, because they capture video. And I don't even post it yeah. to Snap, but I like as a creator oh, really? who gets my Cybertruck test drive, my Arcimoto test drive. Like these are YouTube videos that I produced as yeah. a creator entirely shot on my spectacles. And I'm like, I can't wait till they get better and I can keep, it's a new unlock for me as a creator and I love it. Yeah. So like my whole theory of like invest in the future, you believe it in and products you use. I don't even use the app. I actually do use their <laughs> hardware and I get yeah. a lot of value from it. So I think that's interesting. But anyway, okay, so last question, I'll let you go. This has been such a uh, fun discussion. Moonshot yeah, yeah. from Snap. I'm putting you on the spot here. If there's a company that who should acquire Snap, who they should acquire, a game-changing feature that that they should launch um is there anything kind of like outside the box or quirky big ideas that you have
1: yeah this is a hard question i think I, if i'm talking about moonshot so probably won't happen but crazy launch a phone uh i i know they've thought about it you, you can find articles literally launch a phone They've got wow. like same thing, they've got they've got the user base. Can you get people to start using it? Obviously, you control your own destiny a lot more. It also helps with the switch to the next platform. Uh, maybe launch a streaming service, too. They've got a ton of these shows that no one has like you and me have not heard of any of these shows, but kids are like, oh, the endless summer season finale. like people are talking about this stuff. So like maybe launch a streaming service and I, like i like neither, neither of these things are probably going to happen they're probably not going to do them now uh, those are the moonshots who who would acquire them? i mean probably apple uh apple or, apple or google maybe amazon yeah i mean anyone who just wants a better touch point with young consumers um you know kind of making a bet on the next next platform uh i think you you look at magic leap they were I think they just laid off like half the company, but they were valued at like $10 billion a couple weeks ago and snap was at like 20. So like magic leap is basically the same thing, but they just don't even have a business and snap like actually has a cash flow break even business. That's like the same thing. So it's like, uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of opportunities in terms of who they should buy uh, moonshot and who snap should buy. Um, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe something related to, uh,
0: Magic leap on the cheap,
1: right? <laughs> yeah, maybe that's that's been their strategy. They kind of buy undervalued companies. I, I wouldn't have been surprised if House Party could have been a good fit for them, uh, just because I know Epic bought it really cheap. Uh, it kind of related to what their whole business model is: monetizing camera usage. You go on House Party, you play games. Uh, I'm sure Snap, maybe Snap was in a position where they thought they could basically just build House Party internally. They kind of already have it. If you go in and you you can do this, like you can do video calls on snap and you can like play with the AR lenses while you're doing a video call with someone. Uh, So maybe, maybe that's a moonshot they should buy, but obviously they missed that opportunity. So I don't know. None of those things are going to happen. Those are all crazy. Like they're probably just going to add more content. They're probably just going to, uh, you know, work on user growth. They're going to grow in like India and Indonesia. That's kind of what they've said. Um, And, you know, it's pretty easy user growth. One of the things they've started doing is, and I think they've talked about it, they just started doing some just relatively simple growth, like growth hacks per se. Um, Just really simple stuff like syncing up your contact book, pushing you to invite friends or like message people. It's the kind of stuff that Facebook abuses like crazy. And they've been able to use that to sort of support the DAU number from falling too low. Snap just like hasn't done that at all. So the so i think we'll just start to see them kind of do it a little bit um and maybe a more like tame and, and healthy manner uh yeah so those are some of the moonshot things some of the even more realistic things i think will probably happen uh but anyways those awesome dude, you totally delivered this
0: the snap the snap phone that's got me scheming um but dude thank you so much for taking the time uh love to get your perspective on snap everybody should definitely follow you on twitter I'll put the link below um, because I've been following your snap analysis and really, really entertaining. Um, So thanks for your time, uh, Turner. I hope to catch up again soon.
1: Cool. Thanks for having me.